Welcome, welcome to an episode of Really Grown Shit, the podcast for the 20-somethings that ain't doing nothing. I am your host, Tashai J, and I am here with a special guest, my friend Cam Bam. What I love, quick, quick tangent, what I love about Cam is Cam, when I first met him as a freshman, this motherfucker already was like a junior, a junior standing like he has so many credits and shit i was like wow this motherfucker is smart and then he ended up graduating our sophomore year i was like damn this nigga <laughs> smart smart and like ever since then i've always kept in contact with him like about his journeys in his adult field and workforce but yeah that's enough about me and you hello folks hello cam <laughs> Hello. So let's talk. Let's do it. Let's talk. So I want to say, what was the biggest adjustment you had to do when you first graduated college? It's so funny because <clears throat> I always answer this question the same way, especially <laughs> especially when folks I can like visibly see going through it. But it's like... Oh, you see me going through it? Oh, absolutely. I'm seeing you and like literally everyone in my life who's finished college or like have finished something miraculous and they're looking for that like what's next so it's like when you started school in like preschool kindergarten Mm -hmm. you knew that you would be going to school for 13 years straight yeah you're going to be doing that from kindergarten all the way through high school a lot of people who are in college that was our mind that like at some point that was our mindset where it was like we know that graduating from high school or not graduating from high school is not an option. Like, we know that we're... We gonna, have to. We have to. Mm-hmm. We have there, Like, period. Like, there's nothing else. Like, there's all these people behind us telling us, oh. Yeah. hmm Now, for me, and I would assume other folks, too, at schools, like, uh, post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. So, you're in your professional programs. You're in your undergrad program. Uh, in high school, that was our next thing. We knew, okay, we graduate from high school. And then we go straight to college. Yeah. That was what we had to do. Of course. But then, once you graduate from college... What the fuck you do next? Literally. Like, there is no one saying, all right, this is what you do next. Mm -hmm. Because... When we got to college, that's when we start had really start asking ourselves questions mm-hmm. to get to that next step. You found yourself. What is your major? Oh my god, a major means that I have to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. I have four years to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And what you see is that a lot of people don't find jobs or find passions in what they majored in after college mm-hmm. because they had to pick something that they can just grab and finish. This is not the case for everyone, but this is a case for a lot of So, it's just so interesting that, like, the biggest adjustment for me is to create my own objectives and timelines and milestones because nothing is built out for anyone mm. after our post-secondary education. Okay. Like, not for everyone are we going straight to college, but for a lot of people, we went straight to college. And nothing else is for sure or non-negotiables until mm-hmm. that point and you have to in sometimes in cases you have to learn how to even work with those negotiables even putting yourself in situations where it's like you have to work on your own terms where if you're giving a salary that oh it doesn't meet your financial needs and stuff like that like you have yeah. to know how to like actually advocate for yourself yeah Get- it's so interesting too because like a lot of what we or like i'm a capricorn so yeah. i'm, <laughs> I'm a cancer so i'm like i try I'm, I'm very i mean like it's very we're very emotional when not when it comes to our decision making processes yeah but it's like when it comes to like the workforce sometimes we spread ourselves thin because we become so passionate in our positions mm. we actually begin to like fall in love with our positions i'm just speaking on my perspective just as you know, my Zodiac sign. Yeah. But then again, for me, yeah, I was very different and like, I'm goal oriented. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so I'm going, I've done my research. I'm going to do this to get to this point. Everything looks great. Okay. Let me do more research about what that that next point looks like. And I get there for me. Like, let's say I was, well, I am at a tech company, but like, let's say that I want to be at a tech company Mm -hmm. in like a very specific role. So I've done all my research. I know I want to do this. And it says that I'm supposed to be making $120,000. But then when you get that job and you make it literally half of that income. (laughs) What? Like when you're making half of that income, you're like, oh shit. Like what I've done my research for and worked towards is not its actual reality. Mm. Do I still want this? And, like, me, I'm like, okay, I need to ask myself these questions fast because I have a decision that I need to make. Exactly. I don't want to say some people, but there has been times where, like, that situation has happened to me. And I've just let those situations of me not meeting the expectations of what I planned for, 
I sit in that. And mm-hmm. it's not the most healthy to just, like, sit in that. Because when you sit in it, it means that you're not, for me, not moving forward. And then that comes, like, the conversations of, like, well, what does a mild depression look like? What is a depression versus, like, you just need to do additional research or, mm-hmm. like, get on a path that's actually your passions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm just, like, talking in circles right no, now. No, you're going. You're going. <laughs> I find, so that's what the thing is. I feel like that's what really ground shit. Really ground shit is allowing yourself to actually have those moments where it's, like, you're buying rambles. Because I, me personally, I, I want to say this base, base back from, like, my experience in college mm-hmm. because I was just a all work i gotta put in these all four years to fucking get the hell out in Mm. time focus on these focus on these classes get in these clubs uh try to apply for these internships having work study positions i lost like this ability to like allow my mind to to like ponder Mm. like allow myself to just like free think it's like i need a me personally i need a balance i need to have Mm. moments where it's like i can be focused and have myself, and also have times where it's like I can just let my mind just do what it do, cause that's when I get my really creative. Like that's when I get like my most creative ideas inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like through this, it's like you know me personally, cause I'm not, I'm really not that working that much mm-hmm. so out of college. Like what I did, I saved a bunch, a bunch of stocks, mm. and that's how I've just been managing, managing. You know, that's what you gotta do. Invest in yourself. Period. Mm-hmm. But. Regardless, I spent all this time to figure out my creative passions, creative projects, and stuff like that. And it's like, it's put me in a completely different direction than kind of what I was prepared to when I left college. Mm -hmm. When I left college, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be working in a company. I'm going to be a talent agent. Things shift. Things shift. Like, I thought I was going to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And then that shifted quickly (laughs) and then i thought i was gonna go into entertainment and that shifted very quickly when i got a very not aligned job with an amazing company Mm. and like if you think about it getting jobs and job searching and doing all these programs after you finish school is really like taking electives almost Mm. it's like you're taking electives based off of what you think you're interested in or what you know you want to do and develop and like i think of those as like jobs so like some people they take jobs because they want to make their way in it's like okay i want to try it it might not be what i want to do but i'm going to try it and then throughout that job throughout that program throughout that course you're figuring out if this is something that you want to continue to develop or if it's something that you want to shift away from so like i feel like right now where i am in work like i i I really like what i do for work Mm -hmm. but I feel like up to this point has been me trying out new things and seeing if any part of it sparks my curiosity to keep exploring different paths. Uh. And I've gotten to a point where I like am in a course that I really, really like and a course that I want to develop, but in a course that I know um, I really love what I do, but I want to apply it in a different way. Mm. And this course and this path of courses is not allowing me to explore that different way, but I know I can still get very, very strong on like the central part of this course. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at the point where I'm balancing two courses. It's kind of like picking out yeah, you're like- your major, like not your major, but picking out your classes for the next semester. It's kind of like, do I want to stay on this track and be an honor student? Mm. Or do I want to explore another one and get a double major? Ah. It's like, I can keep on this path and be an honor student and graduate at the top of my class mm-hmm. or I can taste something else and try something else and still be working for that second degree and potentially be an honor student top of class in that route. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I have two paths that can both potentially be great. So why continue to be safe if there's like this burning passion that still wants to just try it out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and my thing is that this, you're in your 20s. You have all your time to, uh-huh. like, actually cultivate what you actually want to do. So it's yeah. like... When I have it the com- luxury of time right Exactly. Now. So it's like, you have this ability to just, like, try all your passion, all things you're passionate about as, as you can. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, the possibilities are endless. If you go in a separate direction, that's because you were meant to go in a separate direction. Absolutely. So it's just like, you know, I always say like some for some people who just like they go through the job process that they get told no, they get told told me no's. A no is just a redirection to a yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a yes. Event, you're going to get a yes. You just got to get called no a few times. And then some people, they just ain't, ain't have rejection mm-hmm. enough. So it's like they got to get that sometimes through the process. Like, not going to lie, a lot of my shit, I got kind of got easy. Mm-hmm. I got easy. So it's like now I'm like I'm getting that through the job process. I'm like okay, 
I understand. Like, okay, they're going to say no. Okay, like, we're not going to fit. Mm-hmm. This this job process ain't going to work. Like, you're not going to negotiate. We can't negotiate on salary terms. Like, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. Trial and, I and think, error. I think one thing that people really um, don't tap into as mm-hmm. much as they can are and like folks might have their opinions about this mm. but like <laughs> say it now um, but like why do people come to uc berkeley outside of having great academics why is berkeley ranked as high as it is mm. because it has such outstanding and rich networks of people true like every year tens of thousands of people graduate from berkeley and go do amazing shit as well as folks at Stanford, all the Ivy Leagues, all like all schools in general have very strong networks. Mm-hmm. And it's like folks who are struggling to find work in their passions or like work in general. I always quite oh god, here like <laughs> Let it, come on. Come I always on. question like how deep are you tapping into your networks? Especially at like bigger institutions like a Berkeley or a Stanford. The reason I ask that is because like there's just someone can introduce you to someone, can introduce you to someone to be where you wanna be. Mm-hmm. Granted, that won't work all of the time. Mm-hmm. Some people's paths haven't been discovered yet. And that's where innovation and excellence comes from. It- I question that because I'm like, networks are so rich here at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. It can get you that contact to really get to the core of what you want to do anyone know i feel like what the reason why is because berkeley don't teach nobody how to network that's so true berkeley does not teach people how to network the main they want to really focus on the emphasis behind like oh establishing a, a solid network but at the same time it's like we spend literally all of our time on campus just in classes most mm. literally everybody there's so many studies they say like black students are the most suppressed at uc berkeley there's so many studies like retention rates are low matriculation you look at all the statistics and you're just like well it's very awkward because then you start look you you start to search for alumni you know mm. you literally will sit here i'll be going i'll walk around with my berkeley shirt anytime that i'm out in public if i'm going to be around a sea of people and i'll wear my shit hoping that maybe i might catch an alumni who's like go bears Mm. just hoping because you might never know you might never know like that's just like that connection you're looking for just like maybe even try to network get that connection like you know you see the shirt yeah let's connect right now let's connect right now let's do that because some people don't know how to network or it's like even get into their correct fields you don't really know how to approach a professional you know you're just like you're just so used to talking to your colleagues like hey like you're so used to talking to your friends or you're so used to like being in like your in your network your uh club activities or just like your on-campus job you know how to do that dynamic but going to the work environment is a completely different jump yeah it's like it's like berkeley and universities just have so many resources Mm -hmm. and then once you get here and you've been at like a high school or middle school or just like primary education where like you know everything that you have access to yeah and it's up to you to access that you have to get the like it's like this is your counselors and this is what they do these are your classes and this is how you can tap into each of these teachers or whatever mm-hmm. but berkeley is just like there's so much and no one is telling you what each and everything offers yeah so it's like you don't know what you don't know unless you are searching for it and you're already dealing with so much else it's like i don't have time to search for this i need someone to like damn near put it in my face so I know what I have. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, hard when you are short on time, the university is short on time, and there's just so many damn resources. And then the group university won't keep asking you about money and shit, talking about, hey, we increased the tuition, but sh- that's just another tangent yeah. for another day. Mm-hmm. And then I, you get hit up by the Alumni Association to give money back to the university literally. to upkeep these rich programs. I'm like, well, I was a student, and I never knew about these programs. When was y'all going to tell me about that I had access to this? Or my favorite, literally, Right after I graduate, they want to call me talking about, hey, when you're going to contribute back to the school. I said, well, first and first, y'all didn't even help me get a job yeah. after grad. Want my coupon? Gave me hella coupons to all these, all these food places across campus. But I'm like, y'all did not give me the proper resources I need 
needed mm-hmm. to actually become a successful professional in life after college. Yeah. So I'm just like, hmm. And then you sometimes people sit here and they say, maybe I need to go back to grad. Maybe grad school is what's going to help me become a professional. Oh, the conversation in grad school is so interesting. It gets very interesting. It gets very interesting because just like you're exploring different passions. Like there's some people who are just like, you know, there's an argument that says like people who aren't ready for the real world will go back to grad school or they'll stay in school as long as they can it's like and it's like, like a professional like, student like a professional student and i'm just like i, I wish <laughs> which there are definitely they like, are there's some professional students and mm-hmm. like they're the academia people they yeah. went to college and they wanted to get a master's to get a phd to work in education policy like they just want to keep upon education mm-hmm. um the conversation of grad school is just so interesting because people's reasoning behind grad school like like you were saying differs um and you have some people where they're like oh shit well i don't know what to do let me just go to grad school because i know how to take a test to get into school to go through school mm-hmm. other people like me right now i'm like okay well i know i want to be in like the corporate world for a while because i feel like i can make a big impact mm-hmm. but i need to get uh, a general like holistic business education mm-hmm. so i can be more informed and respected a, a, among my colleagues exactly. and then you have some people where it's like they have no choice like you want to be a doctor you have to go to school yeah you got to you want to be a lawyer you have to go to school mm-hmm. so it's kind of like those are the three main tracks whether it's like level up yourself there's no choice or i don't know what to do mm-hmm. um my mind those are like the main three and it's like at what point do you decide and commit exactly it's tough because it's like there's some programs where they'll say oh you need experience you need they want you to actually get invested into the real into the corporate world before you actually come back to their program Mm -hmm. while others are like hey you should apply to us right after you finish undergrad where it's like straight through or it's like hey this is like an extra year program for you extra two years and you can just finish your your md like that like i'm just like it's that junior senior year it's that weird crunch time just yeah. like how it was in high school yeah. where it's like you kind of don't where it's like there's a lot of decisions you need to make and it's a lot of stress and you're just like okay what decisions i make now could affect my future your entire life your entire fucking life yeah. and you're just like damn you're just like sometimes you're like sometimes i do question i'm just like did i really pick the right major i was listening to some podcast a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and there was this girl that was talking about basically being where we are right now the 20 somethings right now the 20 somethings she was talking about how she was talking about her experience through the lens of her parents and she was like kindergarten through third grade the parents are like oh she's so smart she's gonna be something third grade through seventh it's like oh my gosh she's doing so great she's gonna get into all the ap classes and do amazing in high school mm-hmm. seventh grade through junior year it's like oh my god my baby's doing great like like, I couldn't ask for more. They're about to be in an amazing college, and they're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then 12th to, or 11th to 12th, to, like, where we are, or right when we were applying for school, it's like, oh, they made an amazing decision to go to this beautiful, well-known school to do this. So, like, everything up to this point has been amazing. Your it's parents great. love you. It's just like, great. you are literally on the up and up. The mm-hmm. up and up. Mm-hmm. And then freshman year of college what the hell they doing it's like freshman year of college you're like oh you seem like a little bit unmotivated what's happening and then second year of college it's like oh this is like not my same bit like you don't want to be a doctor no more you want to study the arts like what 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 the fuck like what is this Mm -hmm. second year to third year third year to fourth year it's like okay well you got some d's and like you're not used to getting that like you used to be a straight a student it's Mm -hmm. like you dropped a class what does that mean and it's like okay well you finished your degree i guess that's cool finally finally we don't have to worry about you no more Mm -hmm. and it's like how did i go from this up and up to just like a super decline Oh, my God. And then when you find a job, it's like, okay, well, like, that's not the doctor job that you were talking about. But I guess as long as you making money, okay, well, you make it. Like, it's like college fucked you up. (laughs) It did. It did. I feel like there are a lot of people who do kind of, like, they're guided by their parents' approval. Well, okay. I think it's this. Like, over approval, what I really think it is, is like... like, you know like or acceptance I, I, I don't know it's kind of a, something along those lines it's yeah it's like acceptance but it's also like you know what makes your parents happy you mm-hmm. know when they will like you know what you can do to have them sing your praises but like 
when you don't perform at that capacity, it's just like a very sharp shift. And it's like, oh shit, I'm not used to seeing my actions disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. Like growing up, like, yeah, we got whoopings, we got punished, but like Mm -hmm. they was just putting us on the right path. But Mm -hmm. it's like, I've never done something that really they disapprove of or makes them not excited about what I've accomplished. And it's like a weird, it's like, like they're uneasy about it. Cause I mean, the thing is, I feel like sometimes they can see our uneasiness in it too. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like when we're going through, when we're going through these new opportunities, these new jobs these the struggle like dropping classes or if it's like we have to actually we actually fail a class Mm. these are new experiences for us too so like we're not used to this and then it's like we're coming home trying to sometimes trying to get that Mm -hmm. hey i need comfort and we're never like since we've been on the up and up our entire lives we're never taught how to deal with those moments exactly but like when we when when this moment comes to us in college it's like okay this is new for us but we can't sit in this for long because i have to retake this class or i have a new semester that's coming up Mm -hmm. so we've never been taught like how to process like failure Mm -hmm. and our parents they don't know how to process failure for their successful children so it's like, okay, let's act on how we know how to act. Let's be sad and depressed or let's be super angry because we're not taught the different parts of the spectrum mm-hmm. of failure. Completely. Up to high school, failure meant you were either very sad or you were very angry. Mm-hmm. But like, it's such a spectrum when it comes to this information is not really like, I'm not really getting this information or my professor might be a racist or this material is too dense for one class. Like valid things that you could be experiencing or thinking about. Mm. We're never taught how to process those. And sometimes I feel like it's like, well, the first person we want to go to when we just don't know what these problems are is our parents. Absolutely. And the thing is, some of us, like me personally, my mom, she didn't grab, go to college. So it's that weird. Dis- it's that disconnect where it's like, I'm trying to tell you a situation like, hey, my professor is racist. And it's like, well, just talk to the professor. Yeah. I can't just talk to the professor because I got to yeah. go to the office. It's like a lot of uh, loopholes. Yeah. And it's, it's like, there's no parent teacher. Like, there's <laughs> literally nothing our parents can. They can like, do nothing for our us. Our parents want to be, super, be the superhero. But they can't in college. They can't. They can't. And like, yeah. Like we, like I, like we, you get. We need like, their love, but we, when we're we, failing, we don't. They don't know how to love us in a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, that's all we want in if when we when we fail. Because the thing is, we we can you can oh overcome your failures as long as you get the right push to the right direction mm-hmm. like i'm not saying i need a whooping because i gotta i gotta fit i'm not saying that love me give me that support how you was out every time when it's like i did bad when i was younger you was like come on give me that affirmation give mm-hmm. me that assertive feeling but damn it don't do i'm an adult mm-hmm. remember that <laughs> i kind of wanted you like a talk one of the biggest compliments i got from my SVP right now. SVP in corporate America is the senior vice president. Okay. And that just means like they're very, very high up. They're close to the CEO. A lot of what the CEO envisions and wants to see the company, um, his SVPs and like his like direct reports mm-hmm. are the people who are trying to move his vision forward. Mm-hmm. But Continue. I work at a tech company in San Francisco mm-hmm. and um, I am what we call a customer marketer. So our job as a customer marketer are taking like stories and testimonials of people who have been successful with our product Mm -hmm. and really displaying those messages as the premier way that we market our products. Exactly. So it's like, hey, instead of us talking about how great we are, let's um, let you hear from one of our customers Um, because peer to peer like word of mouth marketing is much more Effective. uh, effective than a lot of other ones. So my SVP, she is the leader of all customer marketing, brand partnerships, mm. and C-suite marketing. So she leads an entire team who's essentially storytellers. Um, but one of the best compliments that I got from her over Twitter was, um, he's such a great connector. And, um, fuck, I forgot what we were talking about right before I was telling the story. We were talking about um, our parents. It was mostly just about our parents, about approvals, successes, failures, uh, like that. I mean, but then you you said you want to talk. Do you want you want to change subject? You want to talk the story? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, this is perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to change the topic because I wanted to talk. I want to do like a lesson or a talk or something about authentic 
networking. Ah, yes. Um, because I feel like I'm very qualified hell in that area. Yes. Hell yes, please. Just because of those compliments that I get, like I'm an excellent connector. Like my job right now is literally to connect a customer's story to an opportunity to like tell that story. Mm. Whether it be like a keynote stage or a webinar or a video series. I'm the connector between their story and the teams that are working on the blog posts, the web stories and mm. all of those cool things. So through that pure just networking and connecting I feel like I've developed uh, a way or like a, a developed a style mm-hmm. um, of how you can always find your in with somebody, whether it be. Oh, that's actually a really good name. Finding your in um, <laughs> because finding your in is like, OK, regardless of what this person stands for, what they do, mm-hmm. who they are, how old they are, what their gender is, regardless of whoever they are. I'm going to find something that we can connect about. Exactly. And that finding something is your in. Um, I, I talk to people about this when they're like, okay, how do I um, reach out to random people on LinkedIn and ask for informational interviews? Mm-hmm. How do I go to an event and like just start randomly talking to somebody about what they do and like really networking? Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like and how can I do it? Because mm-hmm. I'm, like you said, have never been taught this. Um, so basically, one thing that I really try to help people with, um, especially like people who are applying for jobs right out of college or like wanting to level up their resumes or interview skills. So y'all niggas better listen, <laughs> okay? Shit. It's like how to, <laughs> it's like how to find your in. So like, let's say you want to work at BET. Um, so Tashaya, we're talking about Tashaya wanting to work at BET. So Tashaya wants to work at BET. She's gonna go to LinkedIn to see who works at BET. Mm-hmm. From all of the 20,000 people that she finds, how is she going to find her in? The easiest in, the easiest two ends is to use, one, her UC Berkeley background. Boom. Or her being black. You can use those two sole things as ends for people that you want to reach out to. Mm-hmm. So if you know that these people have went to Berkeley and you're wanting to learn about their role... Send them a message and somewhere in there, type in a Go Bears. They're more inclined to talk to you knowing that you figured out something to connect the two of you together. If you're black, applying for BT might, might be the best example, but for something that's historically not diverse, not black. Okay. Um, use that. Let's, let's say Viacom. Not Viacom. Let's use like uh, All right, uh, something dry. like Variety. Let's say Verizon. Okay. <laughs> Let's say Verizon. Sorry, I'm just thinking of some media companies. Just uh, thinking of some brand. Okay. You keep going. So let's say we're applying for Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, not very diverse. Hey. So you want to use, okay, I found the role that I want. Let's look for somebody who's black. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use the black card in the scenario. Saying yeah. like, hey, I would love to connect with you. You know, being into Shia's voice, a woman of color mm-hmm. or a black woman wanting to get into this field. I would love to know about your experience mm-hmm. as well as like how you um, always demand an authentic space while you're at work. Boom. They're inclined to talk to you. If they're passionate about those topics, they're more inclined to talk to you because you found your in. So, yeah, I really like talking about that because I feel that I know at any given point. I can talk to people like I went to a, a damn um, <laughs> uh, banking conference with my company the la- like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm not in banking. I don't work for a banking company. You don't. The only thing that I had in common is that, like, a lot of these banking companies that were there were, like, my customers. Mm -hmm. But I don't, like, I can't converse about banking. I know nothing about banking. You're just like, I'm just here. (laughs) So, I would connect with my easiest way in, all the black guys that were in there. I was like, let's chat. We can chat. If I saw any paraphernalia of schools or, um fraternities or sororities like i'm not in part of any of those organizations but like i use what i know about those different groups as my in yeah if i see someone wearing a university of michigan jacket i'm like oh go blue you guys think that you're cow though <laughs> or like it's different things like that where i'm like i can authentic from a very very authentic or it's like place. you see somebody with ucla and it's like okay we're actually never one i'm like oh look at the baby brewing <laughs> like, like it's things that i can authentically engage on because i know like they're running through my mind and i can like say that mm-hmm. 
And people appreciate those authentic moments when you're not, like, trying to hustle for a job. Exactly. Ask me a question. Okay, this is a question now. Because I'm speaking from a perspective where it's, like, I, I like that perspective of actually, like, how to find your end. But there's some people, who, like, I myself, who has this emotional standpoint in the background. Mm-hmm. Okay, once I get in, what the fuck I'm supposed to do? It's like we sometimes it's like I just want to let this person just talk, just throw words at, just throw shit mm. at me. And it's like, well, sometimes it's like they're like, okay, you initiated the conversation, so you must have more questions you want to ask. And you kind of just don't know how to navigate it. Mm. It's like you found it in, but it's like, what happens after? What happens after? That's a really, really, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's that's also, like, a very big challenge in networking. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, once I'm in, how do I, like, how do I string this conversation along where, like, I still seem invested in the conversation, but still, like, need to make sure I'm taking care of myself and trying to find, like, a network of people who are looking to hire. Because, mm-hmm. let, um, let me give you an example. Yeah. Because I've been in situations where it's like, I'll be around media com- media networks mm-hmm. and it's like I'll see the black women and mm-hmm. I'll be like hey y'all and we'll just end up talking we might even just network we, we'll just do some networking and you know I understand like oh this person's in this position they're in mm-hmm. this position in this position I started key 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 and talking so much I forgot mm-hmm. to network well I think you speak on like a really good thing mm-hmm. it's like you like, it's like when you're when you're in these spaces where it's like you're you're kind of like okay I'm getting comfortable because I'm around people like myself. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of break that separation between all right now we gotta talk business? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's like, and that's really hard for people who come from like communities of color mm-hmm. because like when we find someone who might be a part of our community, we're like okay like this is my homie, this is my brother. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, one thing that POC don't have the advantage of, which, like, it's it's a steep learning curve and we have to learn it, is how to still take pride in our community, but, like, understand that there's, like, different level of professionality. Exactly. It's like, your kin will not always be your kin. I'll skin like, fucking kin That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's like, all these people might look like you and you use that as your end, but just know that, like, your purpose for engaging this conversation doesn't stop there. Mm. You always have to revisit, like, why. Uh, like, like your why you want it to get in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I know that so-and-so works at BET in this role that I want to be in, okay? So um, let's use the black card, and then mm-hmm. we'll try to do it from a different standpoint. Yeah. But, like, okay, so I'm going to be like, okay, he's black. I know a little bit about him. He went to college somewhere. I'm like... Oh, Martin, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Martin's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, yeah, I go to UC Berkeley. Didn't you go to, like, Pepperdine or something? And he was like, oh, yeah, I studied there. there. I'm like, oh, I'm from SoCal, too. It's pretty dope. Uh, I'm like, so what do you do at BET? And he's like, oh, bro, I do this, this. And I'm like, oh, that sounds lit. That's super cool. And it's like, th- th- I feel like that's the point where people are like, okay, what happens after this point? Like, like, we've cool. gotten to this point, and it's like, okay, what happens there? And it's time for you to, like, take up space and talk about yourself. Because when you talk about yourself, Uh. it starts to develop what your qualifications are. Mm -hmm. But then throw it back. Throw it back. Where it's like, you talk about yourself. It's like, oh, cool. Like, I, um, someone from your company came and talked at my class last week. And I thought it was super interesting when he said this. Because it reminds me of this class that I was taking. And I was super passionate about this. And I have, I did a project based off of this. Leads me to, like, be curious and wonder, like, have you ever worked with a professional or, like, a client who mm-hmm. is passionate about music theory or just something random yeah it's like you have to have that practice of know how to continue to have a conversation going as it benefits for you got it um networking you have to be selfish because there has to be a goal that you have for yourself Mm. by the end of a networking experience whether that be let's connect on linkedin Mm. here's my application or here's my resume for the job Mm. Um, can we get coffee next week? You have a goal for yourself that you always have to revisit and play pi- play priority to mm-hmm. while you're net. It's very, it's a very, very selfish game. But at the end of the day, you've done it so authentically where if things don't work out, you can still connect with that person. Exactly, you can still connect with them. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the thing. I feel that what ha- what tends to happen is that like being from a community of color, where a lot of us are selfless leaders. 
-hmm. we've done a lot for other people we know how to kind of adhere kind of please other people like i know what to say to make you say oh yeah that's great Mm -hmm. but then i'm like oh when it comes to my needs and then you ask me what do you want i'm kind of like hey um i just need a little bit i I just want to grow you know that's kind of the most you can kind of say it's like i just want to be able to grow and have stability a lot of us Mm -hmm. a lot of us come from neighborhoods where it's like that was something we've craved all of our our lives and it's like Mm -hmm. finding a job is like their american dream they find that perfect job and it's like right after school it's like i'm going to just stay here for the rest for until i'm just done i think also um Mm -hmm. it's like back to communities of color because like this is hard shit for us. It's really ground uh, shit. Period. But um, it's like being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Boom. As well as... What sure. about the follow-up? Like... It's like, yeah, it's like, okay, you sent a message to this person that you really, really want to connect with or that they said that they would put in a recommendation for you. Follow-up. Mm-hmm. Keep people accountable for your goals that mm-hmm. they said they would help you with. Uh, and that's really hard for us because communities of color we don't want it to seem like um we're asking too much of people mm-hmm. because we don't want to burn bridges by asking too much nah. but it's a it's 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 tough it's something that i still battle with where it's like okay i still like this person as a person i don't want them to think that i'm annoying but i really need them to follow through right now mm-hmm. if it's an authentic connection like they found value in you originally connecting with them they will do the follow-up yeah but we should not be expecting that from everyone mm-hmm. like we have to be okay with the comfortable of, like, not hearing back from people, mm-hmm. even though we really want to. And so, that brings up another question. So, I'd say one of the things in the job process a lot of students, a lot of people face is that, like, some companies will tell them just they won't say nothing after the interview. Well, mm-hmm. Others will actually give them, like, oh, an actual letter that says, hey, I'm here. Like, the person they just they talked mm. to in the interview, like, hey, I wanted to personally let you know that you didn't get it, but, you know, we still are going to keep you in um, opportunities for other options. Mm. Sometimes I'd say that for certain people, that automatically clicks in their head, just automatically no. Yeah, and with me, like, I love that you brought that up because <laughs> um, for me, every time I was in that type of situation, I always challenged it. Mm-hmm. By saying thank you so much for getting back to me, I would love to know what feedback the interview interviewers had. Mm. Um, you're like, I can really see myself in this type of work. So if there's something that I'm missing, I want to make sure that I correct it for the next time. Mm-hmm. I use that as like fuel for feedback um, because first feedback is a gift. Not everyone's going to give you it, but the folks who do are invested in you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like if they don't have anything to offer you. You're like, oh, okay, well, what set me apart from the other person? Like, why didn't I get it if you say I've done everything right? Yeah. So, yeah, so anytime, like, you get a personal message back, I would always challenge to, like, see what you're missing. Mm-hmm. See why didn't you cross the finish line. Because if it's work that you want to do, you want to, like, know why you didn't get it to see if it's something that you're willing to um, work on or work on, or if it's something you won't compromise with. Mm-hmm. Um Cause that's cause that's one yeah. thing. Like that's like an example of me personally. Like why well, I don't know why. Like let me give y'all a personal example. Like I said, when I first came out of college, I wanted to go into ta- into talent agencies. So I wanted to be like the person who's like you know representing this client, representing mm-hmm. all these clients, stuff like that. So which, I- if you guys don't know, the agency life is so hard. Very hard. Um, like not only is it hard to get into, but it's just like a very very fast-moving, tough industry to be in. Very tedious, very tedious. It's like, with most of those companies, you kind of have to, like, start from, like, ground up and work your way up. It's always best to, like... But most of those positions are very competitive Mm -hmm. from the ground level. Hard work and high reward. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Long story short... I had done I have done I did an extreme amount of networking my last my last my senior year. Networking with all these people in like the dream company that I wanted to work at. Just to figure out, is this really what I wanna do? Mm. And then it really didn't hit me until after I graduated and I kinda realized I was like, Oh shit, I still don't have a job. Well, do I still wanna be that talent agent I was talking about a long time ago? So then it's like after college you still want to keep applying to like maybe let me try a different agency maybe that's what the problem is maybe i'm just looking in the wrong direction Mm. so you start reaching out to other companies or in the wrong 
geographical location. Mm-hmm. Like your calling might not be in Los Angeles. Exactly. It could be in Chicago. It could be in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. But if you limit yourself to a specific geographical location and you're not getting any reward, mm-hmm. it might be like You might have to expand your horizon. And it might be worth exploring like what's keeping you there. Mm-hmm. Like is it like family? Is it you really like it? Is it I don't know. Yeah. If you ever hit those I don't knows, try something new. Try something you've never thought you would be doing because, like, your calling could be somewhere else. Exactly. Like, I moved to Portland, Oregon, out of all places right after graduation. And I'm back in California now because I knew that Portland, Oregon wasn't for me. But I had the comfort of a job to try something Mm. that I never thought I would. Mm -hmm. And still had the comfort of the job when I knew that I wanted Mm -hmm. to come back. Because that's the thing. I feel like... There's a lot of people. It's it's a lot of things we that goes through my head. It's like you know you see the industry. You're like you don't know if you when you know the industries you want to go into. Mm-hmm. You're torn between do I go where it's it's prime headquarters at, or do you just go to a subsidiary, where it's like you're working for maybe a specialized compartment within that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like me personally. Give me. I'll give you. I'll open it up. I want to go in the entertainment industry right but i want to focus more on black media mm-hmm. now los angeles is a prime place hollywood everything out there but as far as black media goes you got to do some digging some searching a lot of it's ground up a lot of it's like you got to network with people network with little startups and stuff like this that. is a niche market it's a niche market so atlanta Mm-hmm. So Washington D.C., Chicago. So you think about other states that you could potentially go out to, and then you're just like, hmm, adjusting my whole life out there. You start thinking like, oh, it's a it's a big decision for a lot of people. And, but then it's like it's like college 2.0. Are you gonna make that big jump? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna make that big jump? Like me personally, I stayed in state for school. Is this my time to go out of state now? I'm a, I'm a big advocate for because I also grew up in Southern California, went to a California school. Even though I'm back in California, like mm-hmm. I'm a big, big advocate for exploring the world and the country that you live in if you have the opportunity or mm-hmm. like the um, support to do so. Because like, first, it's nothing like seeing the world that you live in. Big advocate for that. Um, and two, as we were talking about, your calling might not be where you currently are. Like it might not be here. Like I know that I still have an itch, a passion to go to the East Coast. Even though things are going well right now at work, if I go to the East Coast, my calling might be there. Mm -hmm. But I have to explore and try it out while still my priority is to be comfortable and financially stable. If those two things can always match up, then why not try something new? No, no, it's a good, but it's a, it's a, it's a great, tan, it's a great tangent because the thing is that I feel, it was so crazy, random, this is a random tangent, but, so, the main reason why me and Cam were able to just interview, because I'm actually visiting Berkeley for the weekend, but while I was actually in Berkeley for the weekend, I actually ran to somebody who's like, was watching the podcast, and they were just like, oh my god, I like the show, I like this, this podcast, like, it, I love it because it's so, like, it's a niche, because it's like you're every person who's on it has a different story. They're able to provide their own different narrative. So it's like when you talk about your tangents, boy, it's rela- <laughs> It's fresh and it's relatable. It's fresh and it's relatable because it's like you can find something out of this conversation to take away mm, from. And absolutely. That, and that's what's great about it. That's what's great about it because it's, it's like there's people who they kind of like I said they don't mm-hmm. know how to network. Or they kind of just been like they maybe seen our faces on campus, campus, mm-hmm. and they've been like, or they seen our faces on LinkedIn because mm-hmm. that's the fucking main thing they tell you to do after you graduate is make a LinkedIn account. It's like I like this just because like it provides um, the same thing which Issa Rae was providing when she started Awkward Black Girl, <sighs> where it's like she created something for her immediate community. And she invited people in who she thought had an opinion, had a voice, had something strong that could be disseminated across that immediate community. Mm -hmm. And it's like the 20-somethings is literally the immediate community. You're pulling folks who are about to graduate, fresh graduate, been graduated for a couple years and can't find a job. Mm -hmm. Folks been graduated for a couple years and do have a job. 
people in the job search, people in grad school. Like this is such a niche community that people want to hear from. So yeah, I I think it's pretty dope. It's kind of like how can we get more platforms like this mm-hmm. across larger communities? Yeah, Easter, I don't want to say her it died off, but like she, she grew. She grew because she she has her, she now has her own empire now. She's like building. Yeah. She's building her own empire, and it's like. She is doing her what her own needs. She's focusing on like her own path. There has to be others, mm-hmm. others that come her way. When you want to focus on other niche groups, you gotta have another person who has that mm-hmm. characteristic. Somebody who's been through that path. If they haven't been through that path, they can't relate those experiences. Yeah. Like my thing is, is there's people who, not this is to be like shamed. awkward. Sorry. Like yeah. But like awkward black girl, is praised. People love it. Mm-hmm. People still love it. But there's no more episodes of that podcast that are coming out. Yes. And it's like, how can we keep something that is consistent and that's growing with the community, but also expanding for the new community coming up? Exactly. Like, my thing is that really grown shit, my goal is that this podcast, like, I want to keep having these conversations with, like, students who are, like, coming out of college, students who are maybe even coming into school. Mm-hmm. Like, I might even go as early as that and see, like, what have been some adversities? What are something, like, what's something you need from us mm-hmm. as, a as like, a big, you can call me a big sis at this point. Like, what can I offer you well, from the experience that I've gone through? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, and that's like, I've been, like, on this, like, whole headspace and tangent about influence recently. Yeah. And it's like how I must have, or what I see as myself now, is like I must have all of these experiences to accept or deny them as part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And like, not everyone has that privilege. Like, people grow up very, very sheltered and like see one narrow minded, like, way or whatever. But like, what college offers you is that space and like, community mm-hmm. to have experiences mm-hmm. it's like you can test so much about your professional interests your okay. personal interests your geographical interests your communities and friend groups like you have the space to try so many different things and accept or reject if that's something that you want to keep as who you are um and that to me is influence whether it be like a physical experience TV, music, uh, internships, interviews, walking mm-hmm. down the street. All of these things can influence on a day-to-day basis who you are. Um, they influence you in some way. Um, so podcasts like this, like people who might have curiosities, thoughts, but don't really see, like, have access to seeing other folks who have gone down that route or path mm-hmm. and have an opinion about it. Um, I feel like this offers people another avenue of being influenced. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Because the thing is, it's that a lot of people, it's fictive kinship. It's just like, it's this through a selective majority or through like a few characteristics, you feel connected to this person. Mm-hmm. Like it's, hmm, like to give an example of how I feel connected to Easter Ray because one, we're both Inglewood natives. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, our biggest, like, connection. Like, if I ever saw her on the street, I'd be like, hey, sis. Mm-hmm. So, it's that kinship we get, you sometimes get through, like, a podcast like this, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this person was going through some shit that I was going through back in the day. Oh, my God, like, I want to connect with them. Mm-hmm. It's like that. That's what I love. That's that's the way I like to connect people. I like to connect people through, like, the emotional connections like you're like you able you're able to like see yourself in that person i love like one person i think of um (laughs) it's gonna be so random Mm -mm. um i love anderson pack i love i want yes oh my god yeah i was gonna say because the hat (laughs) you got you got a beanie right now you have one of his beanies Um, on it's funny but i had saw him perform live in um seattle and when I saw him perform, I was like, I want him to be my friend. <laughs> like, I feel like the same goofy. He's like, fuck it. Let's just try it. Like, let's let's just do it. Like, I love the, like, I don't give a shit adventurousness in him. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, like, of, like, who I am and what I aspire to be. I'm like, I, I want him to be my friend. And that experience of me seeing his concert in person is what influenced that. Literally. 
How you think I feel when I saw Megan the Stallion? <laughs> You're I, like, that's my sister. Like that, that's my blood sister. That's her twin. I'm sitting here and I'm like, did I just? <laughs> where was I? Should I should have lived in Texas? I should have stayed in Texas this whole time. <laughs> she the girl who made the song "Walk with a Limp, Limp" yeah. with the baby. <laughs> Stop. That shit's so yes. funny. Walk with a limp, limp. I'm dead. I'm. But yeah. Oh wow. I want. That's great. No, this is great. But I want to say yeah. So I'm gonna put a link to Cam's information. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for having this conversation. Shit, you over here blessing the <laughs> people with information, with guidance, especially just because you're just you. Yeah. But I try to be every day. It's and, a process, and but you're, it's and a you're doing great. And you're doing great. So I have one random question. That's it. All right. So what's been one of the quirkiest things that you have to say? Like you've got to adjust out of adulting. Like it's like it's something where it's not serious, Mm -hmm. but it's like Mm. (laughs) this is funny. (laughs) Ooh. Because I feel like what the thing is that like when people think of adulting, they think it's really serious. Oh, it's not serious at yeah, all. No one knows what they're doing. Yeah. We're just trying things out, trying to be cool. That's the one thing I really like about being at the company that I'm at is, like, we're given the space to just, like, try things out. And, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We keep moving on. Um, um, quirky, I would say, like, just an extension of networking. I've had to learn how to, like, professionally small talk, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Um, it's like we don't really need to be talking right now, but our meeting doesn't start for another ten minutes. So like, let's talk so there's no dead space. Ah. Um, but outside of that, oh, day drinking. I, ah! I, <laughs> I yes. No, oh my god. I say that in the form of like happy hours because yes. like when I was in college, I drank on Fridays and Saturdays. And, like, if something happened, like, if it was, like, a cow day or... Maybe Thursday. Thursday, like Thursday. Thursday, Thursday or whatever. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Like, we would be drinking. Mm-hmm. But, like, we strategically did it where it was, like, okay, I have no classes tomorrow. I'm about to drink. Mm-hmm. Or it's, like, it's Friday. I'm about to go crazy. But, like, I underestimate... <laughs> and this is, like, a super, super corporate thing. Like, I, like... In corporate America, like, working in downtown, wearing professional clothes or whatever... Mm-hmm. There's so many happy hours that happen during the week. And you're like, you want to go because those are prime areas where you can network and, like, meet new people. And, like, if you weren't able to connect with so-and-so at work because they're so busy and you want to connect with, like, they give you so many additional opportunities to connect, network, and chat with folks. But, like, you're drinking during the week trying to stay professional but knowing you have to wake up the next morning mm-hmm. early to work. It's... That's, like, a quirky thing that was, like, a hard adjustment. Wow. Because I like to drink, <laughs> but I can't get fucked up every day of the week. Literally, that's the thing, because I'm, like, I will see, like, my, um, one of my scholarship programs, they have, like, mm. alumni happy hours. And it's, like, oh, they'll, they'll come us your free drink tickets and everything, and I'm just, yeah. like, oh, don't, don't, don't the do the worst this. thing don't I've ever this. heard is an open tab. I'm like, oh my! They was like, oh, just go put it on my tab. I'm like, yikes! I'm about to get fucked up. I right said, <laughs> and, and it's like a tricky situation because I'm just like, do you want to see me get fucked I'm up fine. or do you want to see me actually know how to balance myself? Oh, that was a big one. That was mm-hmm. a big one. Transitioning out of shop culture because you like. You're not really, like, corporate happy hours, you shouldn't be taking shots. No, you're not supposed to. No, Unless it's, like, a celebration yeah. or, like, you so, like, shouldn't be taking shots at happy take, hours. I say this, you only take a shot unless you get a promotion. Yeah, like, yeah, promotions, so, that's all. it's end of the year, you raise. bonus, a raise, like, that's okay. Good thing, shot. celebrates, celebrate. But, like, if it's just, like, oh, a random ass ah, happy. that was bright. A- um... <laughs> <laughs> If it's like a random ass happy hour, you should not be taking shots. Period. So yeah, that's um, that's kind of. Oh, I just stopped the recording. No, it actually was still recording. Oh okay. All right. Did you want what were we talking about? Don't take shots at corporate happy hours. Yeah, and that's gonna be the takeaway for this conversation. And that's on mamas. On Cetus. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, this is Tashia J, and this is really grown shit. Once again, catch me next Thursday. Yeah, like I said. I'm back and I'm better. Uh-huh. So, so boom. So Period. boom. Period. Period, pool. So y'all cheer. All right, <laughs> say bye, Cam. Bye. Bye-bye.